All right, guys. Uh, let's start with a prayer. Let's start with a prayer. Doc, would you pray for us as we start? Uh, Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to come together this morning to share thoughts from your word. Father, we're grateful to you for the blessings that we have received this year. And we ask uh, for your guidance as we prepare for the fall. And give us the always, Father, give us the ability to perceive those things that are most important. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning. So today we got two passages and a picture. And I'll tell you about all that in just a moment. Let me read you the first passage. It's from John 10. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And then uh, to keep in step with... Uh, Raymond from a week ago, I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel 17. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he's been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came, from, came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, that's why you got that picture in front of you, a visual aid. There's an obscure passage in 2 Samuel that talks about, Phil, about Goliath and his brothers. You know, one, one preacher I heard him say one time, why did he pick up five smooth stones if he only needed one? Well, Goliath had four brothers. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But there is a story in 2 Samuel 21-22 in there where it talks about these giants from Gath Goliath's hometown that had six fingers and six toes on each hand and foot. <laughs> so I would imagine as those Israelites were cowering in fear, part of it was he's a really big guy and we don't know if he's six foot eight or ten, maybe my size or Cade's size, and if you're a little tiny person that's pretty big, or if he's eight foot tall, it all depends on how big a cubit is. But I imagine he had big hands. And I imagine those soldiers were cowering. But I'll tell you what, when, when David showed up, it was something else. 
And I just absolutely love the absolute faith that David has. And it's, it's you know, I, I, one of my favorite uh, texts to preach on is this one. Because they're at a standstill. They've been doing this for 40 days. 40, every morning, every evening for 40 days, Goliath comes out. And so that's 80 times for you math majors. <laughs> but the 81st time he gave his challenge was the first time David heard it. And it flew all over him. And so he goes and says, what's going to happen for the guy that kills this Philistine? The word gets back to Saul. That's the conversation that we just read. <laughs> and I love this part where Saul says, you are not able. You're just not able. And I will say that there will always be somebody who will tell us what we can't do, right? And we think about this institution. Doc and I have been talking about the history as we're coming up on 70 years. There are a lot of times where people thought we couldn't do it, right? <laughs> and there are a lot of circumstances where, as you say, I don't know if we're able. There's going to be plenty about that. What I love about David is that he didn't listen to that because he wasn't concerned with whether or not he was able. He knew he had a God who was able. And that's not just blind faith. That's the other part that's so cool, and that's why you got the picture of the bear paw. <laughs> because his, his confidence... Let no one lose heart because of this Philistine. Your servant will go and take care of this. His confidence came from his experience of how God had shown up in the past. And, and I just absolutely love the story of the lion and the bear because Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book about this and he's dead wrong. He postulates that really Goliath brought a knife to a gunfight because he, he had a sword and a spear and David was skilled with a sling and he was just overmatched. That's not how David remembered it. <laughs> David said, The God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so on, just think about the lion and bear story for a minute. <laughs> so you're a kid keeping sheep. In fact, it is, and you know it, it's not a very reputable job. It's low man on the totem pole. You remember the story when Samuel goes to anoint him. They don't even bother to call David in because surely he's not the king, right? And he, his job as a shepherd was what Eliab needled him with to try to push his buttons with when he shows up on the battlefield. Where'd you, where'd you leave those few sheep, shepherd boy? But it was his, the experiences in the job that no one thought was important that prepared him to go do his first major victory and establish him as a warrior from then until the end of his life. In fact, they wrote a song about it, right? And three times in 1 Samuel, that song comes up. You note on the, the lips of the women whenever they show back up in Jerusalem, Saul has slain his thousands, David has slain his tens of thousands. It made it all the way to the Philistines. Twice the Philistines cite the song. It was an international hit. 
It had gone all the way to platinum. Beautiful thing though was that David never sang it himself. <laughs> he didn't let it go to his head. But now think about this moment. He's a shepherd boy. A lion comes and takes away a sheep. didn't happen just once. It happened twice. A lion came and took away a sheep. A bear came and took away a sheep. Look at the size of that bear paw. I mean, that's something that will scare you. I, I was going to cook up a big story about how Bill Bunny and I went hunting and that was the bear we killed. <laughs> but I figured that'd be better if he told the story than me. He's a, he may be a little better liar than I am. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. I just know that's a big paw. And if you're a little shepherd boy and a bear and a lion take the sheep away, what you would be tempted to do is to just kind of look the other way, right? Or just make a little <laughs> a race in the ledger book. Just mark one off. We're down one sheep, right? And who could blame you if you did that? Because it's a sheep and it's your life. But David had that kind of character. Old commentator at the turn of the century talks about that wonderful phrase in, in 1 Samuel 13 where it says, God through Samuel says, I have found, I have found, I have found a man after my own heart. And he postulates, he, he questions, he opines, he thinks. What was the moment of the blessed discovery? <laughs> when did God find him? And there are a bunch of possibilities. This is one of them. The day that kid went after the lion. The day that kid went after the bear. And what's beautiful, you look at the details, this is not, he didn't get the sling out, <laughs> measure him up, and nail that lion or that bear at 50 yards. It was close combat. I went got the sheep from its paw, and when it tried to get me, I seized it by the beard and killed it. It's hand-to-hand -hand combat with a bear and a lion that nobody saw except David and one other. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But David knew that God had shown up in the past, and so when he faced this challenge, this Goliath that had everybody else hamstrung, he said, don't lose heart, I'll take care of this. Because his confidence was in his God. Yvonne shared a story from the 80s. I'll share one from the 80s. It was 87, the summer of 87. I was working at Roadway loading trucks, making 21 plus dollars an hour. Still pretty good money. Great money back in the day. Get in a 100-degree trailer and load trucks for eight hours. It's also great for fitness, I'm telling you. And we would do all these crazy shifts, and I'd meet myself coming and going. And the best part about it is you couldn't spend any money because all you did was eat and sleep and work, you know. I came in one night. I was living in the dorm, living in the residence hall, completely empty residence hall, 400-plus beds. I'm in there by myself. I came in about 3 o'clock in the morning. I was so tired and nasty. I didn't even want to go down the hall for a shower. I just lay down on the floor, pulled a comforter over me. It was, had enough sense not getting to bed like that. Pulled a comforter over me, went to sleep. Somewhere in the middle of the night, I got a phone call. Dad on the other end of the line. 
your mother is in the hospital. You need to come. I said, how bad is it? He said, you need to come. And so I connected with my sister who was in Huntsville, Alabama. We met and we drove all night to Pittsburgh, broke through the tunnel at Fort Pitt Bridge at daylight, went to the University Medical Center up there and found my mom in a, in a bed convulsing. And they said she had a brain tumor. This is 1987. There weren't cell phones, or there were, there were only the, the rich people had them, you know, those UPS guys, senior execs, stuff like that. And we didn't have the internet, we didn't have any phone trees, none of that kind of stuff. So we just started praying, and we started calling, started putting the word out. They came back, said she's got a, she's got a tumor in her brain, gonna have to do surgery, they got her stabilized. We spent about a week up there. She's stabilized. They've decided on a regimen of treatment. I head back to Nashville with my sister in tow. Get back there, and about a week later, Dad says, well, we went in. We went in to do the, the radiation on her brain. And they, they shaved their heads in those days, drew lines on there just to get everything lined up right. They said, we're going to take one more picture of that tumor before we shoot it. And when they took the picture, no tumor. Now they had a, they had a medical explanation. An infarction on the brain is a mini stroke. And when they do those biopsies, like they've done the needle biopsy, sometimes they look like a brain tumor. So there was a medical explanation. I have another explanation. I don't know how God did it, but I believe He showed up and He answered our prayers. And that's been a touchstone moment for me, just like that moment out there in Washington for you. And we can all look around and think about times when God showed up. I have, I'm, I have been young, <laughs> and now I'm old. Believe me, my boys will tell me I'm real old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken or his children breaking bread. I love that song we sing. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. God is good. God is alive and well and active in this world. God has shown up in each of our individual pasts. And I believe He will continue to show up in our future. And I don't want to miss the nuance here, too. We can get caught up, and I've been in the Valley of Elah. It's a really cool place, and we can get all tied up with the giant. What had David exercised was the audacity of that giant because he was defying the armies of the living God, and by doing so, he was defying God. And so it wasn't so much about going and killing a giant as it was going and defending the honor of God. That was his cause. We have a cause that is worthwhile. We're going to have kids showing up on this campus in less than a month. And because of the work that goes on here, lives will be changed for eternity. And there will be ripple effects that we can't even imagine and we won't know about until eternity. That's something worth walking out into the valley for and facing whatever challenges we face. I told you there was another passage. 
And I told you there was another witness. Did you ever think about, again, that quote from the commentator, what was the moment of the blessed discovery? Was it possibly this moment when God said, there's a guy I can use? And if you believe like I think we all do that there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus saw David in the Valley of Elah. But before that, Jesus saw David, the little shepherd boy, walk out and rescue two sheep from the mouth of a lion and from the mouth of a bear. And I can't help but wonder if that that image was what inspired his little story in John 10 when he said there's a difference between a good shepherd and a hireling. Because he'd seen it. He'd seen this lived out. The shepherd that loved the sheep went after it. He was not a hireling. I believe that was in Jesus' mind when he told that story. He thought about the man after God's own heart. I can't prove that. I just think it's cool. <laughs> but whether, uh, whether I killed that bear or not, keep that image in your mind of how big that paw is, how big the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, plenty to be afraid of, plenty to say can't about, plenty to think about what we're not able to do. But the God who delivered us from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver us from the hand of whatever giant is out there. Let's pray together. God, we love You and we're grateful for Your goodness and Your presence and Your work in this place for coming up on 70 years. 66 years, God. We give You praise for that. We give You thanks for that. We're thankful for all the ways You have shown up. And God, we pray that You'll help us to show up and to walk out and face whatever challenges we have to face to bring You glory and You honor and help other people, particularly our students that will come to this place, come to know You and have a relationship with You that will change their lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.